And all these things that we've been studying, if we don't get what we're going to study today right, you might have come, it's all these weeks, in vain. If what we study today, we really get it into our hearts and we really try to put it into practice, all those times might have been lost. You probably might have, you know, stay home, watch a movie. So what we're going to study today is very important. Now, how many of you have been feeling the earthquakes? Yeah, everyone? Now, I get freaked out with earthquakes. I experienced an 8.8 earthquake in, in my country in El Salvador, and it was like a, an, an, one, an hour, a one minute earthquake. We got out of the house, and it, it, it didn't stop. I mean, we thought the world was going to end, literally. A lot of people die. So every time there's an earthquake, I'm like, first one to jump, I'm opening the door, and Melissa's like, what's going on, are you okay? Sometimes, you know, there was not even an earthquake, and I'm just, just all freaked out. So I have my bag ready to go. It's by my door, really. I, I took a picture, look at it on Facebook. It's right there. Um, today, the title for the lesson is Riches Worth Fighting For. Okay. Before we get started, one of you join me in a word of prayer. Father, we, we pray that as we meet today, and we study your word, I pray that you give us the understanding. I pray that you give us the wisdom, God, to understand your instruction and to put it into practice. Pray that my words may come out as acceptable to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, Paul gives us this insight in the book of Ephesians. And I know it is good to have insight in things. I just, I've been participating in this bracket of basketball, you know, March Madness basketball thing. And there's 81 people participating. Now I am the last. I'm number 81. So I hope I really have gotten some insight into this. And I am terrible at it. And you know what? I really don't care because I don't really follow it. So I was just, you know, trying to do it. But when we're going to study today, Paul is going to give us an insight in how to be spiritually rich. And that I'm interested in. I want to know what's the inside information. I want to know what really was going on. How can we be spiritually rich? We're going to start reading. There you go. That's a little crooked. Oops. That'll work. Alright, finally be strong in the Lord. And in His mighty power. Paul starts saying, if we're going to be strong, we're going to be, we're going to be in the Lord. You need to be strong, but not with your power. You have to be strong with God's power. Put on the full armor of, of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The devil's schemes. For the struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now this heavenly realm is, is something that Paul mentions through all Ephesians. And some of you probably have noticed. I want to show you a little bit. We saw it in Ephesians 1.20. He excited, he excited them. He excited when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. 2.6 And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms, with Jesus Christ. 3.10 He 
His, his intent was not was that now to the church the, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. So now he's saying that everything is going on out there. The Jesus is out there. That we are out there. And that there are authorities, they're angels, they work out there. And then we read in 6 verse 12, that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So when we look at this, we can see that everything is happening up there. That, that this fight, that this struggle is going on out there. And if that we are going to be successful in here, we have to be successful in the invisible. If we're going to be successful in the visible, we need to be successful in the invisible. You're going to keep reading. Therefore, put the full armor of God. So when the day, the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Now, you know, when, when, when we think about the day of evil, the Bible says that we are all going to go through struggles. Okay. The Bible says that we are all going to experience trouble in here. And some of you are experiencing trouble right now. Right. But when that day comes, we need to be ready. That when that, that day of the evil comes, you know, and, and the devil can come to you going after your family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The devil can come after you going after your kids. Yeah. We experience that in the team ministry. The devil can come after you after your finances. The devil can come after you in your dreams. And the dreams that you have for your life. So Paul says that in order for us to stand the evil... When the day of evil comes, we need to be able to put what? The armor of God, right? We were all singing, I'm a hard fighting soldier. And that's what we can hear, like, fire up. I'm a hard fighting soldier. <laughs> that's what I sing, I'm a bad singer. <laughs> we can be excited, you know, I'm going to die in the service of the Lord. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. I was pumped, I was fired up just singing that. Imagine we, we, we're serving God. There's an earthquake and we're all gone. Some of you are not fired up. <laughs> I'll be fired up. Person, come on, take me. I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. My wife is here. She's coming with me. <laughs> Do nothing will prove your fate. Your fate or my faith and how we do it spiritually when we respond when the day of evil comes into your life. You can tell how you're doing spiritually. That when, when the day of evil comes, the way you respond represents your spirituality. You know, it's easy to love Jesus when things are great. It was awesome. But how do you respond when there's an attack? How do you respond? Now we know that Paul is, is in chains and, and we've been studying this and we know that he is actually looking at soldiers. He, he's literally looking at them. And he makes a comparison. And he's still looking at them and he, he, he makes this transfer into the spiritual world. 
And he says that we need to be like soldiers. And he put it, puts it into context. And he says that we need these tools that we can use, that we can use here in this, in this realm to fight the evil forces. And we're going to look at them, and I'm going to try to stay away from the, what we normally do, and you know, the shield and the sword. And, and I was going to bring a sword, but I changed my mind. My wife didn't let me bring it. <laughs> so I'm just going to try to, just, you know, really try to... We'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. Okay. The first thing that we need to put on is the belt of truth. Now we can think that the belt is very important. Why did he pick the belt as the first thing that we need to put on? If you are if you're in war and you're running around, you want to make sure that you have your belt on. Right? But the reality is that the first thing we need to have is the truth. That if we don't have the truth, everything else we have is worthless. The first thing we need to have is the truth. Now the truth can be described, if I find it here, Where did it go? <laughs> I'm sorry about that. There we go. The absolute the truth is the absolute standard that reality is measured with. The truth is simply God's view on any subject. The truth is more than feelings because feelings flock to eight. And we need the truth. Now, I know many of you know Jackie. I was here. Now, Jackie could have, you know, we you know she just had a, she just went through this difficult time in her health. And her head was hurting. Now, she could have said, well, my head is hurting, so I'm going to take some aspirins. I'm going to go to Walgreens, I'm going to go get some Tylenol PM. And I can take that and I'll be fine. Sometimes we, when we see the facts, we try to fix them. Now, she, and I was talking to Chris today, if she would have done that, she would have died. She needed the truth. She went to a doctor and they actually said there was a bigger problem. And that saved her life. The truth saved, saved her life. We need the truth. Um, there was a, the Emancipation Declaration was signed by President Abraham Lincoln in January 1863. Now the slaves in Texas were not informed of this until June 19, 9, 8, 9, 1865. A year and a half later. They just forgot to tell them. Now the truth, the truth doesn't save you. The truth that you know saves you. Because the truth was already, you know, the slaves are free now. But they just didn't know. And they were living in bondage. They were living all this time for a year and a half, they were still slaves. Because they did not know the truth. Now I know there's people here that did not know the truth. And one of the first things that we need to figure out is, man, as I'm I'm living my life, I want to follow God, do I know the truth? 
You know the, the devil, the first thing he did when he went to, to Eve, he went and told her, hey, let's talk about religion. So what did God say? What did God say? You know, let's talk about God. But he forgot to mention a very important word. In Genesis 2, the word is the Lord God. The Lord God. The Lord God did this. The Lord God did this. So he said, God. He said, you know, let's talk about religion. Yeah, we can talk about God. We're not going to talk that he's in charge. Let's talk about just God. Let's talk about religion. And I know that he uses that a lot in here. He uses that with us. We feel like, okay, we're going to go to church. So I'm okay. He uses that with people all over the world. There's so many religions that are just not following the truth. They are just following ideas or mentalities of people. That, but if that's not the truth, that will not save them. Now there's people here that that's another truth. Maybe you're listening and you're like, well, you know, I want to know the truth. And I want to encourage you to get to know the truth. Um, two, two, three weeks ago, we went to a very important interview with my wife. Uh, many of you probably don't know, but I, I only had a work permit to be in the United States. And, uh, you know, they had to renew that. You know, I was working here legally, but it was a work permit. It was a temporary work permit. And my wife and I got married, so we applied for the green tour. So there's all this paperwork, and you have to bring pictures. And we had an interview. And we had to, you know, we had to go to this office. We had to bring pictures. We had to bring receipts. I mean, everything we could find. And the first thing when we got there, you know, we were all nervous. And, okay, you know, what's going to happen? This whole interview is to see if we are telling the truth about our marriage. Yeah. They just want to know if we're really married. <laughs> and we, you know, we're really married. <laughs> as far as I know. You know, but there's still this little, I was a little nervous, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. So the first thing, we get into the office, and the lady says, okay, you know, stand right there, lift up, lift up your right hand, you're going to swear an oath, that you're going to tell the truth, and only the truth. Okay. You know, they want to know the truth, that's what, that's what matters. You know, we can tell, you know, this is, what, this is what we feel, you know, I love her. <laughs> This is where we met. But they want to know the truth. And they want to know if you are telling the truth. If you don't, you get into a lot of trouble. God wants us to know the truth. That's the first thing He wants us to have. The first thing we need to put on is the truth. And, and to see if we are following the truth. Now, you know, just as we go through these things, I want you to ask yourself, you know, am I doing this? Am, am I ready? Is my armor ready? Or am I missing something? The next thing is the breastplate of righteousness. Now what's the connection here? You know, the truth is the standard. And once you know the standard, you can decide between right or wrong. Once you know what's right, once you really know what's right, once you really know what's true, then you can really decide, am I going to do what's right or am I going to do what's wrong? And the reason that this is important is because when we do wrong, we invite demonic engagement 
in our lives. That's what they go after. You know, in other words, ants and roaches like trash. Right? Demons like wrong. That's what, they are, that's what they are attracted to. And if they know they can get you wrong, now they can control you. When they know that you're out of the truth, and you're leaving it in the wrong, then you're out of God's control. And now they have a lot of power in us. Now we know what we're doing wrong, right? We know it. I mean, we feel it. We, you know, it's in our hearts. Like, oh my God, hopefully nobody sees me. And that's, that's, you know, it's obvious to us. You know, some people actually, you know, I remember not being a Christian. There was a lot of things that I was doing that I didn't know they were wrong. I was just like, this is normal. This is my life. This, you know, every, everyone does it. But once I knew the truth, yeah. man, everything changed. I was like, whoa, I am the worst sinner of all. <laughs> now I can see who I am. We need the truth, and then we need to decide to do what's right. I don't know if you've seen the movie Inception. Some of you? You have your phone? We're not going to watch it right now. There's the movie Inception with Natalie really Copper, who hasn't ever won an Oscar, by the way. Natalie really Copper has the ability to get into the dreams. And he has that power to get into the dream world. Actually, to the world of fourth dream. Like this, you know, dream to the dream to the dream to the dream. And he can get in there, but what happens is that he can get lost in there. Because he forgets what's reality. He doesn't know what reality is, but he uses this totem. It's like a totem, and he flips around. If you remember the movie, he would flip around, and, and it, the to- a token. And if he falls, then it's reality. But if he keeps spinning, then it's a dream. He needed something outside of himself to know if he was doing right or wrong. We need the truth, and we need to, we need to have the standard to see if we are doing right or wrong. The next thing is the gospel of peace. And, you know, when we think about peace, you know, what is peace? Uh, they ask two painters to paint, you know, what peace is like, and, and, they, and one came up with this. This horizon, you know, there's the water is calm, and, you know, it's just, you know, warm colors. It, lo- it looks peaceful to me, right? It looks peaceful. And he called it peace. Now, the other painted this. There's lightning, the water is rough, you know, it's dark, there's rocks. But if you pay attention, there's a little bird in the middle of the waterfall. You see it? Okay, I'm going to give you a little. See that? And he's singing. You see it now? You see this thing? Right there. You see it now? Now, the way we know that we are, are walking in the path of peace. Yeah, because, you know, how do we know if we're walking in the right path? You know, how do you know? 
There's so many decisions that we have to make. There's thousands of decisions that we have to make. How do we know that we are on the right path? The answer is peace. When you are walking on the right path, God gives you peace. You, you make decisions and, and, and you're at peace. Now, um, when we are living at peace, you know, we enjoy life more. When we're living at peace, we feel like we are doing what God is expecting us to do. When we live at peace, you know, we reflect that to others. I remember the first time I was introduced or talked to somebody who was a Christian. And this was, I was 18 years old, I was in El Salvador, and, and you know, I was, I was poor. But this person that invited me to church, he, he really, he was, you know, he was in really bad shape. So he invited us to his house, and, and, and I remember going with my friend, and, and we go going to his house, and, and it's a check. It's, it's just, it's, I mean, really, really, really poor. And just... You know, it's just a small place, and, and we're shocked that this guy invited us, and he's very happy. Um, he actually had a, a, a problem with his leg; one of his legs was shorter, so he actually had to, you know, walk with a cane. And so his life was pretty rough. And I remember getting into his house, and the first thing we heard was him singing, and he was singing praises to God, and, and we were shocked. How can he be singing? How can he be at peace? How can he feel that? I mean, I don't feel that. I envy that. How can this person that has nothing be at peace? Because peace, biblical peace, is not, is not because nothing is wrong. Biblical peace is because everything is wrong and you are still singing. Many people here, you know, um, I know Caesar just lost his mom. And, and, I, and I saw him this morning at 7.30 in the morning helping set up over there. And he was warm and he was giving us hugs and I'm like, how can he be at peace? How can he experience that? Because when you know the truth and you're walking and the right, you can have peace. God will give you that peace. Now peace, the gospel of peace is, is not that you're going to be saved one day, you're going to go to heaven. But God promised that heaven is going to come to you. But you're going to experience that in here. Next thing. Now Paul talks about this, this, this first three things that we talked about, which was the belt. What else? Breastplate. And the shoes. Now, these are things that you, we have to have all the time. They need to be on all the time. The other three things are things that we can take at different times. That we take as, as they are needed. For example, if you think of a baseball player. Now, they're, they're not always carrying the bat and their helmet and their glove. Right? They don't. They only take that when they have to use it. When it is time for them to go back, or they have to go catch a ball. And that's when they put those things on. Now Paul says that that's the first thing we have to have. That's not an option. But those things, the next things we can actually take as, 
as the need as the needs count. You see. The next thing is the shield of faith. Now, you know, back then they used to have big round shields and, and they were actually covered in leather. Because when you know people would attack them, they would actually throw arrows with fire. But they would do is that they shield, they would put it in water, and they were able to shut down the flaming arrows. Now, faith, your faith, many people get confused about this. Many people get confused about what faith is. And people want to get more faith, you want to buy more faith, you, you want to have more faith, and maybe I don't have enough faith. But faith is pretty easily recognizable. Faith is movement. Faith is when you are actually moving. That's what is attached to the feet. It's movement. Faith is when you actually do something. If we think about Hebrews 11, you know, and, and they talk about Abel and Noah and Abraham, and, and what they, they said their names, but then what do they say after? And they did this. And they did this. And Noah did this. Faith is movement. When we know the truth, and we're doing what's right, and we have peace, then we have movement. Then we can walk in peace. We have this faith. Um, I want to show you some pictures. Because you know, Hebrews 11 should have continued. There's more people that have done incredible things. And there's people that are here that have done incredible things. So I want to show you a couple of pictures of some incredible people here. Now Hebrews 11 should say, but this man, because of what he did, should be in that book. Now let, let me tell you what he does. Every morning, Chris gets, gets up probably earlier than 6.30, but I know that he leaves his house at 6.30. He leaves his house at 6.30 to go get the bus. To be at the storage place at 7.30. And after that, he helps us. You know, he helps us with everything, put everything down. He's, he's, he's one of the hardest workers I know. He's always working hard. He doesn't complain. No, I've never heard him complain. He should be in that book because of what he does. Let me show you a couple more pictures. Now, this guy, his name is Merced. Merced Parra. He, you know, as you can see, he's an older guy. Um, every day at 7.30 in the morning, he brings his truck and he's there, and it's ready to go. And I talked to him, and he told me, you know what, when I want to do something, when I do something for God, I want to do it right. He's there at 7.30 p.m., a.m., sharp. Every time I'm, I'm running to make sure that I'm there on time, he's always there. <laughs> he's an incredible man. Now, this next picture, it's uh, something that will surely encourage all of us. Because of their faith. There's incredible women, not just because of their faith, but because of the faith of their parents. Many of you know that Edgar actually gets up and he's there really early in the morning with his van and he helps us bring everything here. Um, he actually had an accident a couple weeks ago and his van was total. So we're like, whoa. What happened? Next Sunday, he was hurt. 
And he was there with his own car. And I was like, whoa. This amazing ladies, they argue between who wants to go at 7 in the morning with him. They, you know, they, they, so he brings them like one, one day and then the other one the other Sunday. Now, Caitlin is pretty strong. <laughs> She's pretty strong and she works really hard. She sets a lot of the chairs that you're sitting on over there. Not just because... It's because she's seen the faith of the parents. Because she's seen movement. Because she's seen her dad wake up early in the morning when he's tired, get ready, and leave. Because she's seen faith. Now she is building her own faith. Now this amazing girl here, she literally, and I'm, I'm, take this literally, she works harder than two guys. Honestly, no lie. She carries like heavy stuff, and we're like worried about her. And like, she's amazing. She has seen faith, and now she is experiencing faith. You, you want to know how your faith is? Look at your feet. Are they moving? Where are they going? What are you doing? You know, many times we wait for God. To tell us where to go. But in reality, He is waiting for us to move. Every situation where, when He's waiting for somebody to move first, and then He releases power. I don't know if you've seen one of those you know, motion detector lights. You know, they, they do it to save electricity. But, you know, they, I've seen it on like Target, and you walk through the frozen stuff, and you know, all the lights, you know, you're walking, and all the lights are going on. See, what happens with those things is that as they detect movement, they release power. Now, the power is there. The lights are ready. The power is ready to go. But it's until they sense movement that everything starts working into place. In our lives, many times we're waiting for God. Come on, God, tell me where to go. He's waiting for you to take the first step. And He will release power. He will release, and I know you've experienced that before. The next thing. Is the helmet, helmet of salvation. Now when we think about helmets, you know, in a word, you know, it's very important because somebody wants to chop your head off, you know, hopefully that will stop it. You know, nowadays, you know, they use helmets, but they're against bullets. They're bulletproof. So they're actually trying to get you. They'll protect you. But Paul is saying that, you know, the helmet is connected to the brain. The brain is connected to the body. The body is connected to the soul. And he's talking about our mindset. How many of you have seen uh, this show? Or ever saw this show? <laughs> now, some of the younger guys will probably never, yeah. I know you haven't. Now the Beverly Hillbillies um, had this, you know, the, what happens is this, this guy Jet, I wrote down the name here. Jet what? Oh, you see, there you go. I saw it, but it was a long time ago. 
Clampets. That was his last name. I was looking for that. Now he discovered oil in his land. And all of a sudden, they became millionaires. Now the reality is that they were already millionaires. They just did not know it. They were already millionaires since they bought the land and they were owners of the land. But they were not able to see what was underneath. Their, their mentality was so short that they could only see what was, you know, what was out there. Now, what, what makes this show funny is that they actually, you know, they, they get a lot of money and they move to Beverly Hills. And they move to Beverly Hills, but they go like that. <laughs> and they don't change the way they live. They have the same mentality of hillbillies. Now they, they are powerful, they have money, but they are still living the same way as Kids one day they want to see it, it's awesome. But our thinking has a lot to do with the way we live. You know, God has elevated us to be with Him already. But many times we live just here. And we forget the power that we have in Him. And we can be like the hillbillies. We, start, we keep living the same way we live and we forget to tap into that incredible power. The last thing is the sword of the Spirit. And you, you might say, well, there's only one offensive weapon, right? I mean, why only one? If you're going to go to war, you bring rocks, you bring whatever you can. But Paul says, what I think Paul is saying is that if you have all the other things in place. If you know the truth, and if you're doing what's right, and if you're walking, and you're feeling peace, and if, and if you have the, the shield of faith, you're walking in faith, and you have this different mentality, the only thing you need is the soul of the Spirit. That's the only thing we need. That's what, that's what He used with the devil. That's what Jesus used. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Three times. No, let me Google it. What is that food? Okay, this is a scripture. What happened three times? Devil flew away. He's allergic to that. <laughs> but many times, I, I know this is, we start thinking about not what the truth is, not the sword, not, not the word of God, but what we think. You know, if you're in leadership or you help people, what we do a lot, and, you know, it's, it's a shame, is that we try to help with our wisdom. We say, well, you know, I saw that happening, and let me tell you, this is what you need to do. In reality, as a church, we need to be using the sword of the Spirit. That's the, that's the only sword, that, I mean, that's the only weapon that the Spirit can use. He doesn't use our mentality. He uses the Word of God. So, you know, I definitely want to encourage you but the next time you, you know the next time you're meeting with somebody you don't just say well I think you should do this but you bring the word of God but you bring God into their life it doesn't end there the last thing that Paul says is that and pray in the spirit in all locations with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. 
Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. The Paul says that all this armor, well, how do we put it on? What is the dress code? What do we have to do? He says that we need to pray. We need to pray. And we need to pray. He said it several times. In, in Exodus 17, have you heard the story? Moses is about to go to war. And he decides that he's going to go to a hill and he's going to lift up the rod, held up the rod that God had given him. And, and he took two guys with him, and every time the rod goes up, they'll be winning. And every time the rod goes down, they'll be losing. See, it didn't matter how, how hard they were fighting. It didn't matter how, you know, how much effort they were putting on. But if there was no connection up here, they were losing down here. If we don't have connection with God, then how do we, how do we expect to be winning in here? Um, we have to assume victory. Jesus already defeated the devil. That is done. Yeah. Amen. You know, and, and not in a prideful way, but in a just a secure way. You know, if you were to come and, and point at me with a gun, I'd be terrified. But if I ever knew that there were blanks in that gun, the story would be different. <laughs> in closing, we have seen the movie Matrix. No? That's one of my favorite trilogies. Um, in the movie Matrix, this is, you know, Matrix, Matrix Reloaded, Matrix Revolution. Every time it comes out, I, mean, I, I watch it and it's awesome. I, it, it's incredible. But what I like about this movie is that there's this regular guy, Thomas Anderson. He's a regular guy, he's a computer software guy, he's a hacker guy. But he is introduced to this different realm, the matrix. And in this place, he can do things that he cannot do in the regular place, in the regular realm. He discovers things, if you've seen the movie, he goes like this. <laughs> he dodges bullets, he falls in love with Trinity, and he has this incredible relationship. He can fly. And then Morpheus, Morpheus talks to him. He offers him a blue pill that will take him back to reality. But he also offers him a red pill that will keep him in this new world, in this new realm. Now, if he takes the blue pill, he goes back to be in real life. Regular, same way he was living. If he takes the red pill, he... It's signing out for the journey of his life. Now I know that many of us here will, will do that today. You, you, you have the chance to take the blue pill and, and you know, leave today and go home and have lunch and, and forget what we talked about here. But you have the opportunity to take the red pill and, and have authority over these heavenly realms. And do things that you cannot ever do by yourself. Right. 
And if you take the red pill, you know, God already saved you. And He says that you are the one. Thank you. I guess you're dismissed.